Today on Ultra 64, fast kicking, low scoring, and ties as we play international superstar soccer. Hello everybody, welcome to Ultra 64, the comprehensive Nintendo 64 and soccer podcast on the internet. Out of all the soccer podcasts, we have been twice voted number one, which is amazing considering we have not yet talked about soccer on the podcast. Super popular, yeah, yeah and considering it's the most popular sport in the world, uh, and there's got to be like a really popular soccer we podcast the, or the something. the number one podcast in Paraguay. We're the best one. <laughs> Well, welcome. Um, My name is Steve Gutling. I am co-host Woody Siskowski with Sore Ankles. Yes, uh, and we are welcoming special guest uh, back to the show once again, Jeremy Hatfield. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to have you back. The uh, three have... sportiest sport boys <laughs> who ever sported. Yes, we are big old sporty pantses. Yeah, uh, I used to play soccer, you know. Okay, all right. And Woody Every, currently everybody, plays soccer. Everybody used to play soccer. Oh, Jeremy. not this guy. Oh, okay. I used to uh, uh, sit in the field and play with the grass while the other kids played soccer. Okay. I <laughs> but... have the uh, honor of being one of the few people on my team that fell asleep standing up while playing defense. <laughs> <laughs> I think Your team I did must that. have been really good. If like, <laughs> um, I also stayed up all night the night before at Laser Quest. So, oh, what's Laser Quest? Is I that hunt a... for magical lasers. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, close enough. Wait, like... What do you do at Laser Quest? Uh, laser Quest was just a local laser tag place. Oh, okay, where I grew up. Awesome. Man, Laser Quest sounds so much better than Quest 64. I want to go on a Laser Quest. Well, we are here talking about International Superstar Soccer. Three games. There's 64, 98, and 2000. Oh, you said there were only three games. Did I say there are three? Well, then oh. you said there were 64, 98, and 2,000. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's there's a lot. Okay, are you going to do the math on that one? Yeah, yeah. that's 2,162, I believe. <laughs> okay, somebody check that. I don't know if that's right. I'll be very impressed if that is right. Um, yes, we're talking about three uh, soccer games. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I, I kind of like soccer in real life, not like enough to watch it or anything, <laughs> but I mostly like it because like American football fans just seem to really hate it. Uh, and that pleases me. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> there, there, um, was, there was literally um, the... So I played soccer for pretty much my entire upbringing, probably from elementary school through most of high school. Mm. But my senior year of high school, I switched to playing football because I wanted to try it. And I went to a small enough school where I had that opportunity. Sure. Um, soccer, much more fun than football. This is what I learned. And oh, yeah. people also do not hit you in the mouth repeatedly. Um, so... <laughs> Um, but I definitely had some like old white guys um, who had sort of been part of the football organization for a while who would come up and be like, oh, so you switch from that communist Euro sport to like good old American or good old American football. That's so. such a weird thing. And like, I don't understand where it comes from. I think it's just kind of part and parcel of America being really kind of backwards on this. It's kind of like we're the only ones not using the metric system and we're the only ones who don't give a shit about soccer. Yeah, well, I mean, football, you know, is an American creation. Yeah, yeah, largely. Soccer has been around a long, long time. Exactly. And I don't know, it's it's a curious thing because soccer, it is easily the most popular game in the world. It's uh, played in more than 200 countries. 
Bloody Knuckles. Bloody Knuckles. <laughs> you think more people are playing Bloody Knuckles beyond the age of like nine? Rochambeau. I mean, okay, Rochambeau. Sure. Rock, paper, scissors. Jacks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hopscotch. Uncle Wiggly. <laughs> what is Uncle Wiggly? It's an old board game that's kind of like Candyland, though out of context. Uncle Wiggly sounds like a game you do not want to play. So you're saying it's a game where you don't do anything. Yeah, I'm saying you draw a card and you randomly go to the space that the card tells you to. That's but so boring. I, that's what that's what my family told me it was when we played Uncle Wiggly. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your family playing Uncle Wiggly. That sounds horrible. Anyway, there are more than it's played in more than 200 countries by more than 250 million players. <laughs> it's played in more it's than crazy. 200 countries by more than 200 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, one per country, everyone. One per country. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it has rabid fan bases around the world, but I mean, I feel like there have been several high-profile attempts to try and get it to take off here in the States, and it just never... Has. I mean, it's and I more popular why. now in the states than it's ever been. I would, yeah, I could see that, especially in Washington. Like the Sounders are decent. The sound, uh, the Sounders. I know people. The care Sounders about have the been Sounders. one of the top major league soccer yeah, teams uh, since its foundation. I think they've won it? three championships. Okay, um, I worked so. at a bar that used to show Sounders games all the time, and those fans are rabid and they are oh, really? super loud. Okay, what's like the Sounders yell? Like, what's the chant for? They don't. Re- do like, they, have they don't a yell? really have. There's nobody going. Ole, ole, ole. Sometimes ole. they'll chant, "Let's go Sounders," but you know, Microsoft. They just, <laughs> they just are really loud when anything happens. It doesn't matter if they lost the ball, or they got the ball, or they scored, or the enemy scored. That guy's pants fell down. It's ah! just like, oh, something happened. Scream! Well, that was a, <laughs> another weird thing is there was that put, I feel like there was groups who were like very anti-football because um, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be part of football. Like, I don't want to be part of that whole scene. Um, but then like when they got sucked into soccer is sort of like the more yeah. hipster alternative. That's, then, yeah, I think that's a good way. It's like soccer's the, the, the cool sport. It's like, because it's big, it's big everywhere except our backwards American yeah. asses hate it. So we're the cool people if we like you, soccer. We don't go to your micro brewery and yes. watch, watch soccer. That's every time I've seen a soccer game on, it's been in a micro brewery. I don't <laughs> think I'm even lying about that. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think it is? I mean, do you think it's just that it's not an American creation? You think it's just that it's too European? It's or too? I don't know why. Why is it too simple? Oh, it's I, definitely not simple. I think going. it's got too much movement for Americans. Mm. Like it doesn't have really. The only time you stop is if someone gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And. American pastimes that are created by Americans, it's like baseball, where you only have two players really doing anything for most of the game. Right. Or uh, football, where you have big breaks between plays. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that a lot of the times, I think that even though it might seem counterintuitive, sports like football and baseball are actually more fun to watch. Sure. um, Because you only have to pay sort of middling amounts of attention, and there's sort of natural moments of drama to them, where watching a sport like hockey uh or soccer that just is sort of constantly going there's no sort of narrative arc to the game you well, just kind maybe of that's it one too. end and you're like yeah and then they go back the other end yeah maybe it's just too low scoring like it's entirely possible to go an entire like have an entire like four hour game and the final score is one to zero yeah like that's common you know, and so maybe it's just are, like and a, there are ties, which is right. something that is in, infamously Americans cannot stand. They, they hate ties. Yeah, I mean, they. I'm, I'm an American, whatever. Well, I'm totally I, not an alien. <laughs> anyway, these humanoids, these American humanoids, hate ties. I know. 
Well, uh, since this is the first time we're talking about a new sport, guess what? I got them wacky sports facts. <laughs> the first game of soccer so that was excited. played on people's hands and knees was win, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so the history of soccer. The game traces its origins to China, with a game called Kuju uh, that was played during the Han Kuju Dynasty. Kuju by Stephen King. That's, I really, I <laughs> wrote it down, and I'm like, wait. Oh, no, I wrote Cujo. <laughs> Shit. Okay, no, I got to go back and fix it. Yeah. But uh, that was played roughly 200 years uh, BCE. Uh, and the game was played with a leather ball stuffed with hair. I didn't look <laughs> up too closely to see what kind of hair was put in it. Uh, weirdly, the it game... was the hair of the teams that lost the previous soccer Ooh, match. they're hardcore. What's yeah. closer to the weight of air? Hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can. it's only one letter different away. Yeah. <laughs> and that H carries a lot of weight. Uh, no, weirdly, it's a silent H. It's oh. a weightless H. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. if, you're, if it's played in England, yeah. It's just air. <laughs> This is the stupidest thing I've ever said. Uh, weirdly, uh, the game has not changed a whole lot since then. It was still about, like, just, I mean, the basics of it anyway. It's two players on opposite teams trying to kick a ball into a net without using their hands. Well, that's one of the wonderful things about soccer is um, it's the only one that um, mm. requires so little amounts of sporting goods. If you sure. want to get together with a group and play football um, or, you know, you need pads. If you want to play basketball, you have to be in a very specific type of court designed for basketball you know or tennis or badminton you need nets um soccer you just need a field and something you can kick i mean which Um, also could be why it's taken off in so many countries because anybody can play it anywhere you know like david beckham used to say like he all he needed growing up was a wall and a wall and a ball and he would just kick stuff off of that so you know hey it works uh the game started to spread when english explorers uh took a shine to the game uh they introduced it to a Different countries during their world colonizing tour, I guess. World colonizing tour, fifteen forty eight. Yeah, I got the t shirts. The earliest reference to football came from a a British text in the fourteenth century, and it's gone by that name ever since. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, the name does not come from the fact that you play with your feet, your foot, but uh, for your foot, but it is to distinguish it from games that you play on horseback, Mm. which I feel like. Now it doesn't really matter because how many games do you play on horseback now? You play polo, you play jousting, you play, you play The Witcher 3. You play The Witcher 3, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> archery, yeah, yeah, why not? I play Fire Emblem, I've got a little horse guy with a bow and arrow. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. The multi- and uh, that's why multiple games called football have kind of emerged over the years. Uh, so in 1863, the British renamed the game Association Football to distinguish it from rugby and all the other football games that were using that title. And this is actually where the word soccer comes from. The British players used the slang soccer as a play on association. Oh. Uh, and Americans, assuming that the Brits were just dropping their R's, we called it soccer. <laughs> they weren't. That's the word. Soccer is the word. Uh, these days, the U.S. and Canada are the only countries that regularly call it soccer. I, I think it's some countries like... It's kind of synonymous, but even now, like most countries are solidifying it as football is a national sport. So we're the we're the last holdouts, but I guess America and Canada are the only ones that have the other kind of football, right. the hand egg or whatever you want to, whatever the stupid joke is. Uh, of course, the governing body of soccer worldwide is FIFA, beloved which, uh, organization. Beloved FIFA. organization. We're going to get into them real good when we get into the FIFA episode with the with the, with the most hilariously <laughs> named. Owner of a long time. Who, who is uh, it? Sepp Blatter. Oh, was the, Sepp Blatter. Was okay. the runner of FIFA for a long time until he was banned from the game for six years due to massive corruption. Awesome. There was um, 
There was a run where there kept being news about Sepp Blatter. And every time I heard it on the radio, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is the weirdest. Because you, you, it's a name that you hear, mm-hmm. and you're like, did I hear that right? What's that name? What? <laughs> it's and like the, the bladder gets up into your septum. In his first name. Yeah, like, no, no part of it seems like a real name. No, so. yeah. Where's he from? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, we'll look into that when we get to the FIFA episode. Uh, yeah, the, so come back and learn come where back set bladder comes learn, from. I'm going to get real deep into that set bladder. Uh, <laughs> the FIFA World Cup is far and away the most watched sporting event in the world. It uh, happens every four years. The 2018 World Cup, which was between, I think, Croatia and France, right? Yeah. Sure. Yes, I think Probably. it was. France won. <gasps> Those sound like countries that exist. They exist, yeah. Uh, and uh, that had 3.5 billion viewers, with a B. That's roughly half the population of the Earth Whoa. watched that World Cup. By comparison, the most watched Super Bowl broadcast, which was Super Bowl uh, 51 in 2015, that drew 111 million viewers. So by a wide, <laughs> wide margin. But like, wow. I was looking at the ratings for the last World Cup here in the States, and it's like... 15 million something like that like pretty low here well, it I mean, doesn't help that like most of the games are on at like 4 a.m it's true because they broadcast them live yeah and there were like really strong ratings coming from like uh when they were airing it on telemundo but then when all of the latin american countries were eliminated that kind of dropped off completely yeah. so it's just the remaining croatian and french expatriates living in the states <laughs> Um, so I searched a couple of different sources to see if I could find some kind of consensus on, uh, who the best football player of all time is. And almost every list I've saw, or that almost every top five list had the same five guys just reordered. So, uh, you're going to see, uh, Diego Maradona, you're going to see Johan Cruyff, Cristiano Ronaldo, Michel Patini, and Edson Arantes de Nascimento, better known as Pele who almost single-handedly popularized the sport worldwide after leading Brazil to a World Cup victory in 1958 when he was, get this, 17 years old. Wow. He scored six goals in that World Cup. Really, was, it's pretty para, incredible for anyone, for anyone to ever score any goals in any <laughs> game is pretty amazing. But he scored six in that game when he was 17, so he was kind of a big badass. Uh, the player, I think, today with the most name recognition is probably Dave, David Beckham, mm-hmm. but I'm actually not sure if he's even a good player or if he's just, like, incredibly handsome. He's, yeah. I think he was a good player at one point. I'm sure is he's it? still... I'm sure, like, he would beat us. Like, oh, if we... If I we mean, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm pretty I, good. I'd say the only two professional soccer players that I know the names of are David Beckham and Pele, so... Okay. Yeah, see? And the, I think those are the good I mean, ones to know. David Beckham is famous for his hair. I mm-hmm. mean, I think he's entered, like, Derek Jeter territory, or... He's more a celebrity than, a, than an athlete at this point yeah he, he people bend it like him apparently he in that movie or he's not in that movie well, it's about him think. so that's I've all you need to be it's about Kira knightley she plays david beckham oh yes <laughs> they enter they enter a look-alike contest mm-hmm. and she um, wins yeah i mean i could actually see it they're both incredibly pretty uh but i think beckham is provides that a, is really a weird good... thing about uh i think i i mean different kinds of beauty i feel like sometimes with the be- like beautiful people like mm. they sort of ten- they sort of come like two beautiful people like look similar even if they're different genders okay because they like come together in this sort of weird androgynous way okay i I don't i I could see that yeah it's different ends of the spectrum you know right yeah and it's like the uh what is it that parabola that kind of the the two arcs that like approach each other but never touch yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it's like that yeah, it's exactly like that. We're getting deep into this math stuff now. But I think Beckham provides a pretty interesting example of uh, an attempt to get the sport to take off here in the States. Because in 2007, he signed a deal to play for the LA Galaxy, where he was being paid $50 million a year for a five-year deal. 
And, uh, I mean, by all accounts, he did well while he yeah. was there, uh, but it still didn't generate any kind of <laughs> national interest. Uh, but Beckham walked away with $250 million, so, and yeah. he's currently using that money. Uh, he, he purchased a uh, Major League Soccer team in Florida, and he's building a new $250 million stadium, which he could literally do out of pocket. Without, <laughs> like, and he'd still be like a multi-hundred I'm sure, I'm sure the city is financing it for him. Yeah, yeah. That's how stadiums work. Absolutely. Soccer fans are also known for, uh, let's say, violence. <laughs> Not all of them, obviously, but uh, yeah. Uh, they're known for being... They've uh, all been put in jail. Crazy passionate about their sports. Soccer hooliganism was a big concern for a long time, and it was also just kind of a running joke in the 90s, I feel like. I think yeah, Mike I, Myers was... had a skit on SNL where there was like a bunch of... Uh, it's like a talk show for soccer hooligans. And, there was an yeah. episode, I don't know, there was a run of stuff, and the episode of The Simpsons, I think it's the one where Homer gets a gun. Yes. Where the whole, the first act of it is just a bunch of soccer jokes. There. I love it. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely doesn't paint it in a positive light. <laughs> no, yeah, and I think, yeah, that, that's that's where a lot of perceptions are coming from. Um, I think one of the most infamous examples of violence against players... Uh, in 1994, um, a Colombian player named Andres Escobar accidentally scored a goal against his own team at the World oh, Cup. The worst. There's uh, nothing worse than that. And then uh, a couple days after that, a fan tracked him down and shot him six times wow. in a parking lot and killed him at the age of 27. We all, I'm sure, have horrible memories of doing that or getting very close to doing that. Mm. Um I don't mean shooting, shooting someone, someone in yeah. a parking lot. I meant <laughs> kicking the ball in our own goal yeah. in elementary school or middle school. Oh, I definitely did yeah, that a lot. I get confused about which side <laughs> my team is on all the time. Um, we went, my father and I, um, we were in Mexico, and he's like, hey, let's go to a soccer game. So we went to this fairly, um, you know, low-level soccer game, um, you know, but still with, with people in the stands and stuff. And so at halftime... They had this old uh, old guy with a cane come mm. out, and it was his job to you know pick up the cans, and he would pick them up probably so he could go sell them to make some money. And what would happen is everyone in the audience would throw their empty beer cans at this guy, and he would be swearing at everyone, and they would all be laughing as they like tried to beat him with these beer cans. Are you sure that he wasn't horrible. like some old man from prison that he was doing his community service by? That is also possible. I'm not sure that changes the moral the moral morality of this situation because he was literally the entertainment was try to bean the old crippled man with your beer cans. Is um, there an outside chance that was his fetish? <laughs> And yeah, that, I like, suppose so. I was that. quite young at the time. Okay. <laughs> he did not seem to be enjoying it. That does sound horrible. Right. That's horrible. I don't mean to make jokes about that. That sounds really cruel. Oh, come on. Um, make a joke about it. Oh, oh. I'm sure he's dead now. <laughs> There's the joke yeah, right there. Yeah, that's the joke. That's, uh, a, that's a joke on everyone, really. <laughs> that's yeah. a great cosmic joke. Yeah. yeah. God, we're getting weird on this episode. Uh, as far as like full-fledged riots, like there have been multiple riots where people in the triple figures have died. Wow. It's horrifying. Wow. Uh, but uh, the worst one I could find was from 1964. Uh, it was the Estadio Nacional disaster in Peru. Uh, 328 people were trampled or asphyxiated to death. Uh, what, what set it off? So it was a game with uh, Peru versus Argentina. They're old-time rivals, and uh, Argentina had a goal. And then Peru finally scored a comeback goal, and then the ref uh, disallowed it. And so somebody ran out onto the field to try and start a fight with the ref, and the police came and started beating that guy mercilessly, and that pissed off all the Peruvians in the crowd, and they started rioting, and uh, it it just went bad. It's weird... It's just a weird concept to think of that, like, I mean, it just shows sort of the the scope of the world and, like, how insulated we are. Mm. But, like, 
you think like, okay, there's this giant long running rivalry between Peru and Argentina. Mm. And like, I don't think that any of us could tell you one difference between Peru and Argentina. Like, I mean, besides... I've, I've been to Peru. I haven't been to Argentina. Argentina's <laughs> a lot bigger. Uh, Peru has yeah. taller mountains. It's true. It's, it's true. Just weird. I hiked them. It's just weird. It's like, it's like other countries yeah. who are like, you know, this feud between the United States and Canada, or like the way the United States and Canada relate. And to them, yeah. it's just like all the same yeah. thing. I mean, but... what are, are there like examples, like, I guess like, Who's the Seahawks like rival? Uh, there's multiple. There's I guess San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Just because they're in the same league, I would right. say. But okay. also the Steelers. They hate the Steelers. Well, because they beat us in a Super Bowl that was very questionable. There yeah. was a thing. I I know in in Denver when I lived there, the uh, Broncos fans hated the Raiders. It was Broncos. Uh, and everybody Raiders hates the Raiders. everyone hates the Raiders. Yeah, but still, like Bron- Broncos fans really singled them out as their enemy. And I know the. The uh, Colorado Avalanche, the hockey team, they had a big thing against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, sports sports rivalries, and I suppose rivalries of any kind. And it, soccer is weird in the sense that it is such a. It's the only sport that's so global. Besides, yeah. when you get into Olympics, right? Um, and so you're sort of probably a lot of the reason that it has sort of this history of violence is because you're combining people's nationalism fervor mm. with their sports fervor two of Ooh. like the strongest fervors that people have and then their and urban fervor yeah. urban fervor just imagine if you threw religion in there yeah. oh god somebody like worshiping like cristiano ronaldo and then like murdering everybody i could see that happening mm-hmm. that happens in wrestling some people come in and like some people in the audience that are convinced that what's going on is real and they're convinced that like their worst bad guy wrestler like so, they, there have been attempts on wrestlers' lives uh, because people come in and bring weapons. Anyway, we'll get into that in a later wrestling episode. I have a couple of quizzes for you guys. Oh, All right, perfect. let's see. That's uh, just just thing. a few, just a few. Uh, where is the world's largest soccer stadium? Where do you think? You guys got guesses? I would like to say Germany. Germany. We got one for Germany. Where Uzbekistan. You Uzbekistan. Also, solid guess. But the largest soccer stadium in the world is the Rungrado First of May Stadium in Pyongyang, North Korea. Oh, 150,000 okay. seating capacity. Wow. Uh, mostly it's known uh, outside of North Korea as the site of a mass execution of dissenting generals oh. in the late 90s uh, to who, people who were opposing Kim Jong-il's regime. Uh, they were mass executed in that very stadium. Well, it's good to get multiple work out of your tax dollars. You know, you build a big stadium, you might as well use it. Lots of but. times people just build stuff for the olympics and then they just leave them there after they leave uh who is the highest paid uh, football player today in the world um i'll give you it's not beckham russell wilson yes um, <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say pele because he made a big yeah. deal. yeah anyway <laughs> he he made a big deal with ea games recently did he is he still alive uh Maybe this was like three years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the answer is Lionel Messi, who uh, plays for Barcelona. He makes over $100 million per season uh, playing for that team. You can buy his, you can buy his t-shirts. They say, get Messi. Yes. <laughs> and I got another one that says, Frankie says, relax. Yeah. And that's not really related, but it was a good store. They had both of those. Yeah, it was a two-for-one. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, what is the only country to have attended every single World Cup? England. Jeremy um... Gallo? I'm going to go with Germany again. Yeah, okay, stick with Germany. It is actually Brazil. Brazil has attended every single one, and they have the most victories. They've won five World Cups. They have generally generally a safe bet in uh, if you're playing a soccer game and you want to play as the best team, mm-hmm. pick Brazil. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's a good way to go. Let's talk uh, soccer video games. Okay, Perfect. so 
Uh, I've never played one until today, uh, wow. except like Mar uh, Mega Man. I played Mega Man Soccer for the Super NES, and that's not good. And it I don't think it's a good, good example of a it's good not a good Mega game. Man game. It is not a good soccer. No, game. No, no, it's not. It's, I it like doesn't to imagine to that there's somebody who's never played a Mega Man game, and he's like, "These Mega Man games looks fun. Oh, I'll try this one." And he's like, "Why are people so into this? Yeah, this <laughs> does not make sense to me." Um, yeah, so I don't really have a lot of experience with it, but I mean, these are hugely popular pretty much everywhere else but here same as the real sport as near as i can tell the earliest soccer game was 1981's pele soccer for the atari 2600 which was uh you know it had like some it was, it's pretty well regarded for the time uh, i love i love yeah. atari sports games i uh, know there's just <laughs> dots moving yeah. around but apparently these dots moved a little more realistically than other dots move so yeah, but I don't know. really the best um, approximation of soccer was in uh Video Olympics, which was a game that was just a collection of Pong knockoffs. <laughs> and so it was essentially like foosball, like you would have different rows of guys that you moved up and Is down. that the one like where you put the, the little plastic screen over the TV? No, that oh, okay. was for the Odyssey. The Odyssey, okay, uh, no, yeah, this that's is, right. this is an Atari game. But, okay, okay. And it was just funny because they like it was called Video Olympics, and the idea was they would have every sport, but every one was just a different version of Pong. Okay. So they had tennis and um, volleyball where it would you would sort of... Uh, move your guy horizontally along the bottom of the screen and bounce it back and forth. Wow, every um, game really is pong. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That works. Do so much with one button. That really works. Was it was zero buttons? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, we overcomplicate uh, yeah. sports in this country. My God. Um, yeah, but uh, there were some UK exclusive games called like uh, uh, Kickoff and Sensible Soccer. One of my favorite. Yes, I uh, apparently that one's really Sensible good. Sensible World of Soccer has been a, a beloved series that's gone on for a long, long time. Yeah, it's it's still out. Uh, it's called Sociable Soccer now, and it's like played online. So I mean, it just seems so British and so gentle and so like stiff upper lip. It's like let's play some Sensible Soccer now. Um, but the dominant franchise, of course, is EA's FIFA series. It's basically the Madden of soccer, and the yearly releases are some of the biggest sellers on an international level. The best-selling soccer game of all time is FIFA 18, which has sold 24 million copies. And what system is that? I have no idea what FIFA it's on, they're up to it's now. On, I, I think that was from last year. Oh, yeah. okay. And, uh, so they're selling yeah, more copies That one's still pretty recent. And uh, uh, it's, that 24 million copies makes it it sold more than the entire Mario Kart franchise combined. Whoa. More than the entire Sonic the Hedgehog franchise combined. That's, that's really one, weird to think of. One soccer game. I know zero people who have played FIFA 18. Exactly. <laughs> and I, know, I know that the, they kept making FIFA games for the PlayStation 2 just for, like, Brazil. Really? Or, like... I want to say six years after the PS2 wasn't supported anywhere else. Because oh, new wow. consoles are like super duper expensive in Brazil because there's like high taxes and tariffs and mm. stuff. So I'm sure like tons, like people are using. That's sort of a weird thing about like the Sega Master System had like a huge shelf life in Brazil. Oh, weird. Like way past like when the Super Nintendo had come out because no one could invest in a new system. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's interesting. There's also like a couple like random soccer games for the Super Nintendo that were only released in Brazil that are kind of valuable. Hmm. Oh, man, i got to get into Brazilian video game collecting. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Well, let's talk about these video games we play today. Why the hell not? Let's start with the first one. That's a, always a great yep. place to start. International Superstar Soccer 64. It was released on July, July 31st, 1997. Published and developed by Konami. And it was... 
I, okay, this gets complicated as to whether or not it's an N64 exclusive. I'll get into that. It's an N64 exclusive under this specific title, let's say. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, this series is a little confusing. So the original uh, ISS, I'm just going to shorten it to ISS to save us all some like time. a spy organization. It does, right? Yeah, I was thinking it's like OSI from uh, Venture Brothers or something. Anyway, uh, the original ISS was released in Japan in 1994, and then it came to the U.S. in 1995 on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and it's still very highly regarded. It's thought of as kind of one of the best like 2D soccer games. Um, the series is still going, technically, but the naming conventions are kind of all over the place. So... On Nintendo consoles, it's just International Superstar Soccer. On the PlayStation, it's International Superstar Soccer Pro. Uh, and then, so the N64 and PS1 titles are functionally identical. Okay. They just have, like, slight graphical tweaks and a couple of, like, costume changes. Uh, around 2001, this series was absorbed by a sister series called Pro Evolution Soccer, which itself is known as Winning Eleven or as uh, uh, Perfect Striker, depending on what region you're in. So these are all the same games. Basically, it's safe to assume if it's not a FIFA game, it's part of this series because they're just kind of all over the place. But again, these are still fairly well regarded. I would say these are kind of like the NFL 2K to to FIFA's Madden, you know, so like... The alternative. The alternative. It's not as flashy. It's not as uh, as splashy, but it's still arguably better depending on who you're talking to. Uh, So uh, International Superstar Soccer 64 is the second soccer game to hit the system. The FIFA 64 beat it by about six months. Uh, But apparently this one favors pretty favorably, or compares pretty favorably Mm -hmm. to that one. Uh, So this game does not have any real players or teams, but it does take pains to make sure all the players look distinctive and different. It has real teams in the sense that it has... Countries. (laughs) Brazil and Canada and France. Right. Yeah. They didn't make up, like, countries, like... I don't know. I read online that Australia ain't real. <laughs> they don't provide team names like Chelsea or anything. Right, like that. yeah. Oh, We're not, okay. We don't have specific club names or anything like The Sounders are not here. Well, the um, Sounders did not exist yet. There are six different modes, and I'm just going to read these now because they're the same modes in every game. Uh, we get the single match, we get the league battle, we get the penalty kick shootout, we get the international cup, which is like a round-robin tournament mode. We get the World League, which is 70 matches against every team in the game. Ouch. And Multiplayer, which includes a four-player shootout mode and some scenario mini-games and things like that. Yeah, I mean, um, the scenarios are basically like they put you in a historic match and say, you play as Australia and you're down by two points. Use mm-hmm. Australia's power kicking to get back in the lead. Which we've seen but, before, I believe, in NFL Quarterback Club. Right? I think so. Yeah, I and they, these, these are cool in theory if you're like really interested in the history. Mm-hmm. Um, but also being as these don't have real players in them, it seems like that would be a lot less appealing. Right. Um, you can There's player editors, so you could go in and put all the real player names in but that, that would be a very strange existence that you'd be leading at this point it's a weird thing to do it's a weird thing don't do it it's weird we only do it it was only done in XCOM when you named all your forces after your friends and then they all got shot yeah that yeah was, exactly that was, or yeah. Oregon Trail I had Oregon to, Trail I had to stop naming them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was feeling bad after a while um, all right, so we played uh, we played some single match games. We we started off trying to play against the computer, and I think we realized uh, a little too late. But we did realize eventually that playing against the computer is not the way to go to enjoy these games. If you just go player versus player, one player versus one player is kind of the ideal way to play this yeah. because everything's clear, everything's can, like direct, and everybody can have a good time. And I think when you're doing that, that one player. Versus one player multiplayer mode, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the computer. I mean, I'm you know obviously we all suck at this game because mm. we were new to it, and yes. it's, it has a fair amount of depth. Um, yeah. And the computer just sort of 
goes for the throat right from the start. Um, I mean, that's sort of true for all these simulate all kinds. I would say of simulation sports games. Oh yeah, they're very hard to get into um, because um, the computers just kind of are cutthroat right at the start. Right, it takes a while to get a handle. Like, on I felt the like there was a in the menu. Wasn't there a, a handicap option? But I feel like we didn't mess with that. Oh, I didn't see there it. Probably there probably was, was The something. menus were a little overwhelming in all yeah, of this. Yeah, this game, I mean, it has a lot of customization. <laughs> um, each team that you pick, you can customize each player in it. They all have individual stats. You can customize the formation, like, very specifically. You can start players essentially a couple inches hmm. in front of where the other players are. Yeah. Um, different kind of tactics. Um, I, I messed with this stuff a little bit, but I couldn't tell a meaningful difference on the game itself once right. I had set them. Yeah, maybe but. if you're real into like the strategy and the management stuff. That, I mean, that's why the, there's a, a series called Football Manager that's still hugely popular, and that's kind of all you you're don't doing. Even, you don't even play the game. No, you're just like, you're, you're deciding what your players eat. Like, you're doing shit like that. So, I mean, this isn't quite that level, but... Uh, it's kind of in the same ballpark, but I mean, it is pretty easy to set up a quick match if you just want to play. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, which is what we did. And we kind of sampled. We didn't really mess with the tournament modes or anything like that, just because who's got the time? <laughs> uh, but we we played around some single player matches. Uh, let's see, I was I was USA the first time around, and then uh, playing got against trounced by France. I think I think I got trounced by France, and I scored a couple of really lucky, like awkward goals. Like there was a point where. I just came up and stood close enough to the goalie before they did their that was like, on toss me, back. Steve. Oh, that, that was, was on you. Playing. That was on you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I know. I wanted and, to bring in my that character, up. <laughs> yeah, my goalie just tossed the ball back right to Steve. And, and I just kicked it right back yeah. in. It was great. It was my shining sports game moment. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, uh, we, we tried the penalty kick mode on this, which is kind of like the little mini game mode on this. Uh, it took us three games to really get good at this. Uh, yeah. The first one, we just didn't really get so the mechanics. So the penalty kick mode is kind of a neat mini game. It's kind of like your equivalent to a slam dunk contest um, in the basketball games. Um, either, there's two cursors of different colors. One is controlled by the goalkeeper, and one is controlled by the kicker. And basically, you're trying to psych the other person out by putting your little cursor. You can see both things. So you're putting your cursor in one area and then moving it somewhere else real quick before the goalkeeper has a chance to match it up um, right when we played against the computer it was tremendously difficult oh, i don't think it's essentially impossible i don't think any of us scored any goals on the computer even when but, we're playing player player versus player i think it's really unbalanced in favor of the goalie because you can like teleport across like your fucking night crawler and just but catch I'm, I'm things okay out with of it being in favor of the goalie because you trade off every time right right it's not like <clears throat> one player is only the goalie and one player is only the kicker um so i think it would be i think it's a fun little side game um against you know, player versus player, and again, that's the same thing. It's a fun two-player game. Yeah. Not, yeah. You'd have to really want to get into it to have fun in one player, I think. Yeah. Um, the the reason that four-player is such a bummer, um, or I guess any more than two, is the cursors under your players. Obviously, there's only two teams in yeah. soccer, um, so two people have to be on the same team, and then the cursor is really, really hard to tell which player whether you're controlling the player or not. Like, right, so player one would have a blue circle under it, player two would have a star, and then player three would have a double circle. Yeah, but they, with right. or like a double, but they look almost exactly the same. And then yeah. you'd also have the issue of there's some automatic control switches for players. Mm -hmm. So you think you're going to be this person, but then turns out you just got switched to another player like a second later. This was my biggest problem with the game gameplay overall is um, I'm really used to in sports games being able to press a button to like trigger a switch to the 
whoever's nearest to the ball right. to control that player. Um, th- in this game, there's no button for that. It just no. kind of automatically switches to that, and sometimes it doesn't do a good job, and you end up controlling a player that you don't want to control. Or you'll be, like, running after the ball, and then it'll switch you, and now your character's running the wrong direction. Exactly. Uh, it's that same issue I have with most sports games. Football games are the worst defenders mm-hmm. of this, but basketball does it too, and hockey, and this. It's just like, I don't feel like I'm totally in control of things anymore. Yeah, it's usually fine when you have the ball, mm-hmm. because you know who you're controlling. But It's great. But yeah, on y- defense, it doesn't work very well. Yeah, and it, it's it, that just gets frustrating to me, because... And- the thing I'm always curious about whenever we play a new sports game is, like, what do you think the essence of that game is that video games, you know, want to capture? Mm. And so, like, to me, if you're playing um, a football game, you want to get sort of a strategic uh, rock, paper, scissors gameplay. Yeah. Um, basketball, to me, uh, seems more like kind of a speed and razzle-dazzle thing. Um, razzle-dazzle. And I feel like I don't quite know the difference between a soccer game and a hockey game. One's on ice. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like a hockey game should be faster yeah. than a soccer game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would see that. And I think that... So- and I think- you get usually get fighting minigames, too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I would like for there to be, like, flopping minigames for soccer. Yeah. Like, fake an injury. <laughs> um, yeah. I think what makes... Just like... Re- I think the thing that's the essence of entertaining real soccer um, and that the games want to capture is a sense of like teamwork and planning and sort of um, being able to like kick it to one of the players and have him kick it right back to you. And then you sort of run past the defender and you're like, okay, we planned that out and it went well. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, how do you score goals? Cause it's really hard to score a goal by just kicking it right at the goalie. Yeah. And so usually you want to sort of cross it from one end of the field to the next and then have a guy sort of jump up and try to head it in. Right. Um, and I think that this game does a pretty good job of that. And to me, that's so I'm going to you know we've already played a few hockey games um I'm going to end up ranking this a little higher than the hockey games um hmm. because I think that they do a good job of putting those strategic aspects of in, in this game each of the C buttons you know so A passes B shoots yeah. but each of the C buttons does a different kind of little move mm-hmm. um like you can sort of lob the ball up which is not that useful but there's a button that just allows you to do a little one two give and go where it will pass it, and that character will immediately try to pass it back to you, which I never got a great handle on, but it was really cool in theory. And one allows you to sort of pass the ball forward farther past the defender so that your guy will run up and try to get it. Um, and I think that these things work well, and, you know, I wanted to get... They, they made me want to play more and get a handle on them. Yeah. I, yeah, controls overall were uh, fairly solid. It took me a little bit to figure out exactly what... I was doing and like what all these different buttons are doing because I'm like okay uh, uh, left C oh shit I just kicked a ball out of the yeah. field um, it took a little bit but uh, you know once you get the handle on it it's pretty good um, I didn't have any real issues with the controls of it yeah other than the randomly switching players yeah, yeah that's that's the biggest issue and uh, and I don't I think the game's compensating as well as it can mm-hmm. like trying to anticipate where you're going to be and shifting control to that player yeah, and I think there was even options to change that selection like i do think but this i game did has not major in this game but yeah, yeah i know i need a fucking this game this game asks you asks quite a bit to get into it yeah um, it's deep and the the presentation um is really good for this being nice. an early n64 game 
Um, graphics are really good. The guys have big, beefy thighs, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I want from any of my games. That's um, what I want. But... I just want to get a game with just a guy with gigantic thighs and then like a little scrawny body on top. Yep. Yeah, I want the, that game. Uh, the opening cinematic had some clipping, but I feel like the actual gameplay didn't really. No, yeah, it's true. We were watching the cinematic, and it's like these models look good, but they're like zip, 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 zip. Yeah, jumping all over the field um, like that. But yeah, I didn't see that happen. Commentary too. Um, yeah. It's very weirdly. Um, the next two games in the series have way less commentary, and it's I don't know true. if there was a theory that he was getting annoying. Um, I think it's them, just but... I don't know, but it, the the game the commentary in the later games is smoother. Yeah, because yeah. this like, definitely you, has. You would occasionally yeah. have times where it's like you start saying France, then go America, and just like be like, oh, they have the ball, they have the ball, and just like keep pass to off. Mexico, and yeah. then Mexico leading by four over. United States. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then the later games would have shorter commentary, so it's easier to have it smoother. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, true. yeah. But it, commentary in the later ones was so bland. Yeah. It was like number six to the right, number four yeah. to the right. Holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Go! No, yeah. They did freak out at the goals, though. Yeah. They did freak out at the goals. And there was very weird celebrations in some of these games. Um, you had the oh, standards. <laughs> So we, we we made a goal, and the guy did, like, the little airplane celebration. He did a fist pump. And then I made a goal, and my character got down on his hands and knees and started crawling towards the corner. And then his new players came behind him in sort of, like, this human centipede style. It style. very human centipede. And you're like, I have never seen this celebration, and I don't know what they're going to do once they get to the corner. I don't know. Uh, How do you break away from that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just have to keep going. Sorry, guys, we're leaving. We're going to get on the freeway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's move on. Next, I guess the one unimportant side note I can add about this game is that International Super- Superstar Soccer 64 was the last game I got in my collection. It's the last one to complete the collection because I did not care about these, and it came complete in box, and it was like a dollar. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Let's move on to International Superstar Soccer 98. This was released September 15th, 1998. Same team. Even though the PlayStation version is identical, they just have slightly different names. Uh, this is one of the few games in the series to actually feature real players, which is why it's the only one with a distinct cover mm. athlete. Uh, however, aside from a few players, the names are all intentionally misspelled for almost every player because the game does not have an official FIFA license. Oh. So they just slightly misspelled all the names on purpose. Uh, the developers used the players' jersey numbers, uh, physical appearance, the team affiliations, but they changed a letter or two. And that's enough, apparently, to get around <laughs> the copyright issue. Um, what was that? What what was what were we talking about with that? Oh, Duke Nukem, like Duke Nukem, they they changed it to uh, Nukem with a U at the, instead oh, of an E. Oh, right, right, right. And that like was Captain enough. Planet villain. <laughs> right, yeah, that was enough. So the cover athlete here is Carlos Valderrama. He is a Colombian footballer known as El Pibe or the Kid. They had they had a yearly <clears throat> festival around him. It was called Valderrama. <laughs> <laughs> Wilmer from seven that seventy show goes there every year. Yeah, he's he's like the king of Valderrama. That's not a reference I get. <laughs> he's a guy. Uh, so uh, uh, Carlos Valderrama spent most of his career playing for different teams in Colombia, but at the time this game was released, he was playing for the Miami Fusion. So. American player trying to get the American audiences in. And there were different athletes on covers in different countries, just in case it wasn't confusing enough with all the different names. Uh, Yeah, again, all the modes are the same here. Uh, I feel like the only big difference we noticed is that the graphical fidelity was a little lower. Like, it looked a little more washed out. Uh, The player models weren't as substantial. I have a theory about the washed out colors. Uh Uh-oh, let's hear it. Uh, So, these are supposed to be sports simulation games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, broadcasting sports back in the 90s 
was kind of shitty in the visuals. Yeah. And whenever I watch sports, the fields always seemed washed out. So maybe that's what they're. <laughs> you think for. they're just representing like a shitty like CRT? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I can believe that. This game also seemed to have Reebok sponsorship. Oh, that's true. Only, yeah. It was the only time we saw a real brand on one of the sides. Well, I mean, that wasn't involved in developing the game. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to be saying as like a feature. It's like capitalism worked its way into this. Well, one. That, I mean, that's but, the, yeah, the, but it's the is. same it's dilemma a... we always face when we play NFL Quarterback Club or NBA in the Zone or whatever. Yeah. Is we play these series of three games. It's weird that all of these came in three. I guess the N64 only had like three like really big years where that was worth developing for. Yeah, yeah. Um, Around 2000, it started dropping well, I mean, off they, already. Unlike but, nowadays, they put them out like every two years. Because we got 98 oh. and 2000, mm. and I don't... 64 was... That's a good point. was 97. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so... Close but there's enough, a little but. more gap, and it's not always yearly. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we've always faced this problem when we play these three games, is number two and three are like... They kind of set the blueprint on what they wanted to do in number one. Yeah. But and the next worse. two are exactly the same, except... I mean... I, there's... I can't... If you... I, if I, you covered my eyes and put one of these games in the system mm-hmm. and started a game, I would not be able to tell you which one we were playing. Sure. I could tell you which ones. I could tell you if it was 64. Because, okay. Because uh, the other two had rocking openings. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they did. With the words flashing across the I screen. Mean, like, I meant the gameplay. So, yeah, okay. that was yeah. fun. The, 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 the third one, mm. I, I mean, I'm kind of jumping the gun here. Yeah. Very odd... Like science fiction techno music, so weird. Um, it had, a, yeah, they definitely changed up the artistic aesthetic um, of the game, and like, it had like uh, this sort of techno song with this repeated chorus of what was it like? Let's get moving, or, let's hey, go, fella. guys. Yeah, or, hey, yeah, fella. hey, fella. Something and they like that. Have some beeps and boobs, but hey, fella. And like this, yes. is, this is, does not really match my aesthetic of what I think when I think of soccer. No, this is like yeah. Euro trash club soccer. It's something weird. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, gameplay-wise, I think this one's pretty much identical to the mm-hmm. first one. Like, it's still the same, like, solid gameplay with all the uh, the same quirks, you know, in, in the uh, uh, passing and everything like that. Uh, I feel like we got a better grasp on penalty kick mode in this one. Mm-hmm. We figured it out a little quicker. They, um, I don't know if it's, I think it's the same in all three games. We just got it this time. Well, um, once we stopped well, I, playing against the computer, right. it was a lot better. I kind of figured out the first time and thought you guys understood and didn't tell you. Oh, so. yeah, no, no. We didn't understand. And never assume that we understand. <laughs> yeah, do not assume that. Uh, well, I want to put you in front of that NBA in the zone uh, uh, slam, dunk free, slam dunk contest and see if you can figure that out. <laughs> I, I'm willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's really not a whole lot else to say about this one. It's, it's the it's same game. It's weird to fine. have... Um, to have sort of updated versions of these games when they don't have real licenses. Yeah. Because that's sort of a big appeal as you get the updated rosters and um, players. And if they don't have the real players and they're relying on you to customize it, then you're just not getting as much. No. Um, we didn't bother to count in the first game, but this game has at least 40 teams. Yeah. That's true. Both. I think that's. All pretty... these games deliver on having plenty of teams. There's a lot of different teams, and they, they all seem to have realistic ish stats, except in this game, we set up a match between the best team, which we controlled. That was all Brazil. And then we played against the worst possible team, which was Uzbekistan, and we got our asses kicked by Uzbekistan <laughs> until we got shamed into turning the game off. But I think that had it. A- something to do with the fact that we were three human players on one team. It could be. It could be. There is a, there is a weird 
aspect of these sports games of having more human players on your team usually makes your team do much worse. It's something about that, yeah. Playing one player is fine, um, but having two guys on the same team is hard. NBA Jam's like the one exception. Oh, yeah. No, it, I can definitely beat most people by myself if they play double people. I think it's an advantage to be with a computer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In that, in I mean, that one specific case. I mean, admittedly, I am very good You're at really NBA fucking Jam. good at NBA Jam, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the third one. I don't think there's too much else why, to Why don't we just it? play NBA Jam for every episode of this podcast? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. For we haven't sports yeah. game yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, International Superstar Soccer 2000 was released August 3rd, 2000, published, developed by Konami. Same exact deal again. Uh, there are athletes on the cover. I could not confirm who they were. <laughs> your, co- uh, your cover of this game is trash. It's trashed. Like, I, yeah, could, this I one, couldn't even tell what game it was. I was worried it wasn't going to play, but uh, all, all you see on the, the cover of the box, anyway, is uh, two men celebrating while a uh, sad goalie slumps in the background. <laughs> that's 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 what I want to see in the cover of any box. Exactly. Just two men <laughs> celebrating. the cover of Jaws that I want to see is two men <laughs> celebrating with the shark just sad in the background. And all the, the two men have very, very thick thighs. Yeah. yeah, very meaty thighs. Exactly. That's going to be the last shot of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Thanos' thighs. Uh, thighs. Thanos. Uh, so this is the this is noteworthy as the hardest to find and most expensive sports game on the N64 because it was released late in the cycle and it's a soccer game. There's not really any kind of interesting story about why this didn't sell well. It just didn't sell well. I was trying why to see. It's it like well? was this released around the same time as a big release? No, not really. Was uh, it the end of the life cycle? It was yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Once you start getting into the 2000s, uh, things are going to start dropping off precipitously. I would be surprised if they just like also had a soccer game coming out on the GameCube at the same time. It's entirely possible. Yeah, we would get a couple of AAA releases. Like, I think Paper Mario and Conquer both came out really late, but uh, mostly we're in the death knell at this point. Um, Sort of every console has its own weird sports game that's worth like 50 bucks and it's you're like, strange and you're college sports yeah weirdly yeah the, the mo- like my wii u collection the most valuable game i had to find was nba 2k 13 or something like that and if you're a collector it's very annoying it's, it's annoying because like-, like you don't want it but also it's like i think jay-z released some exclusive music for this one or something like that so it's like kind of a big thing i don't know i haven't played it i love how right because why would you? why would i one of the really hard sports games to find for the sega saturn is a uh, Japanese horse racing game. What? Yeah. Was it released in the U.S.? Yeah, it's made oh, by wow. Koei. Was it like that arcade one? Like, is it, I remember playing a horse no, racing no, arcade like, game where you're, like, riding a plastic horse. It's crazy. I want to say it's, like... Yeah, specifically Steve, it came shipped with a yes, plastic horse I, I that you could say ride it's on. Specifically betting on horse, Japanese. Oh, horse betting races. on horses. Okay, oh, but like wow. Japanese horse races, and they just have like weird Japanese, like American names, but like they're just weird. And I want to play this. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find a copy. Uh, all right, so the one thing that this game does have over the predecessors is it does have real players with their names spelled oh, correctly. I guess I didn't even notice. But they don't have complete rosters. So they w- they they weren't allowed to use complete team rosters, so they had a couple of real people, real names, real jerseys, and then a couple of fake people. Okay. So whatever. If that's something you care about, this is the way to go. Uh, we I think we talked a little bit about the uh, the, the user interface here, which is gross and overwhelmingly powder Mika- blue. Michaela was watching with us. She described it as Agent Cody Banks. Yes, that's I think the that's the aesthetic style. That's the perfect I, way to describe I, it. Like, you're disgusting looking label of the cartridge looks yeah. better than the menu. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, it looks like somebody like gnawed on it. it. It almost looks worse than my Monster Truck Madness cart, which I understand why that game looked like shit. People beat up on it. But uh, this, this, you know, this is fine. This is better than that game. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are better than that game. It's very true. Every literally everything on our list yeah. is better yeah. than that game. Um, I think that we see a little bump up in graphics. I think the uh, the controller pa- or the uh, expansion pack was working on this one. It sure. didn't work for the others, so that's something. So we had some uh, smoother edges and some bigger character designs. So kind of back, I would say on par with the first one, but that's not really necessarily an achievement because you're using all this extended power to bring it back to a game that's three years old well they used all that power to make the crowd sound better the crowd sound was better we had singing we had uh, a kind of a constant low roar going on yeah. there's no vuvuzelas there's not i don't think what world cup that was like 2008 yeah it was when they had it in something. africa and then the world uh, was I exposed say 2012 is when they to the joys of the vuvuzela that would be about right i know i was living in denver they, they at the eventually time eventually yeah, because people in America were getting them too and being real annoying in bars. Um, and I think, uh, I forget which one. No- America is a country that you can always rely on to culturally appropriate things and find ways to make them annoying. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, these were annoying to begin That's with. True. I, think, I think these were annoying in any culture. That's true. But Americans took it and ran with it. They're like, I don't like anything else about this sport, but I like the part where I can be annoying. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there, um, what else is on here? This is the one where you kind of dug in into the stats a little bit and tried yeah. to like really mess with things and it didn't seem to make and, much, you know, maybe difference. it is and maybe it's cool, but it's sort of a, I don't know. It's a question of how do you want to play this game? Do you want to play this single player in depth mode? We never really got to involve with any of the franchise or do you want to play it as sort of a quick two player, um, pick up and play thing? Sure. Um, yeah. Cause I just don't, the gameplay is just not quite there for three or four players, um, because I don't think that you can have both, um, uh, unless you have a, in a very strange situation where your friend is also really into super international superstar right, soccer. Right. I mean, I could uh, see people being really into this and being like, oh shit, I'm going to customize the hell out of this yeah. and I'm going to play the best game of my life. You know, I could, if, if that's your jam, go for it, man. That's awesome. Uh, I didn't get it. I think there's a lot of like, there, there's a, a condition option. <clears throat> Where you choose from one of several different smiley faces, it looks like the pain chart at the pediatrician. Yeah, uh, but I didn't know what that we meant. We didn't know was if it was the condition, condition of the, field? the players or the field. Yeah, like, I think it was it... both because there was like three different conditions. There was one for players. There's one those for it just said condition, and then there was mm. a third one that I forget what it said. I think the the bottom one is like Pele's wife left him. And then the <laughs> top one is like, oh, I found a quarter. He just got signed by Manchester United. They yeah. found a quarter. Yeah, yeah. A quarter. Playing... Of a million dollars under his couch. <laughs> oh, Will okay. you let me finish? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, the one the one option for customization that I felt would matter to play people that don't know soccer right. is uh, you could choose how many players you wanted as defense midfield and forwards okay you can also change the actual total number of players on the team which oh, we yeah. should have messed with because that would really change the feel of the game i think you think we could just do like one-on-one soccer? Uh, i don't think it went down that far <laughs> wait, probably, boy would that be a, that would be i can't deal. think of a worse one-on-one soccer no play. goalie <laughs> no goalie full field you just it's just a you just or run. just two goalies <laughs> and they're kicking the ball full length down the field at each other and every time it doesn't make it one of them has to run and get it and try again <laughs> i want to play that it's called ultimate fuck you <laughs> uh yeah all right anything else to say about this one i feel I like know. we've said i feel like we've said enough um, i feel like we've said it yeah just that it's the actual <laughs> gameplay presentation is better than the second one but the menu presentation is way worse but is it yeah. 50 dollars better than the no, second one no, definitely because no. you know international superstar soccer is probably like a two dollar game yeah 98 is probably like a two dollar game mm-hmm. and then this is a 50 dollar game yeah so 
yeah. Yeah, even in collector's terms, that's still fairly affordable for, like, if, if you're, like, yeah. real into collecting stuff. But uh, for a sports game, like, where it's usually, those are usually given away for free. Like, we were all talking, like, you guys both got the same <laughs> yeah. copy of Ken Griffey Jr. for free. At a pawn shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah my dad shop. was selling guns, and I was walking around looking for... Super Nintendo games, and I'm like, how much do you want for this Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball? So you just take it. <laughs> See, mine was a little bit different. There was an actual price tag on mine, mm. and I bought it with another game, and he just didn't bother ring. <laughs> It's like, I don't care. Happy to free up the space. These are propping up tables right yeah. now. Yeah, these are fine. Let's move on I to have, our oh, oh, rankings. Oh, wait, one more oh you got something. Yeah. I have a box <clears throat> okay. of sports games, like tons of duplicates. It's like this pretty big box. There's probably like 100 games in there. And Damn. it's like sports games from Genesis, uh, N64. Um, and I'm really trying to figure out something to do with this. Like it, the total value of the box is probably like $8. Sure. Um <laughs> And so, I, you know, I really want to do something, like, make some kind of craft project with this. Mm. So, new contest. Okay. Um, write in and tell me what kind of craft project I should make with my giant box full of uh, sports games cartridges. And there's discs in there, too. But Do I, that. And if, if, uh, if Woody gets that together, I will uh, start an Instagram account for us. Because uh, <laughs> I had somebody write in this week and say, you guys should have an Instagram account. And I'm just like... Oh, so many social media accounts. <laughs> I know. There's like, I have, so, I have so many. I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I can set up an Instagram post. account. Yeah, why not? I, I, I'm often been theorizing, like, playing sports with them of some oh, kind. Oh, shin guards. <laughs> but that sounds very unpleasant to, like throw around a copy of Madden and your football game. Just smack it with a golf club. I, I could just imagine you making a baseball glove with cartridges and catching a baseball and just shattering the cartridges into your hand. Oh, God. Oh, I, that's actually not a bad idea for a video. You, like, play every sport of the game. Like, with... so, yeah, so you set up, you go to a driving range and set your golf game there. And you're playing baseball. I mean, we have tennis rackets. We know that. Yeah. We can do that. I mean, that's not a problem. I don't want to ruin my tennis rackets. I have a shitty one. We can okay. ruin mine. All right, Let's move on to our rankings. So each week we uh, rank the games that we have played in comparison to everything else. We are currently at around 127. Good number, good number. Pretty good number. There's a, That's the number of hours it took James Franco to cut his arm off, I mm-hmm. believe. So uh, good for him. That's how I measure my calendar. Yeah. How far James Franco is through his arm. It's like, He's, oh, shit, I'm running late. He's already almost to the tibia. Yeah. I don't know if that's in the arm. I that's, forget. That sounds right. Is that? I forget. It's definitely a bone. Nicole's somewhere cringing. I don't know. Um, so I'll start with this one. Um, these were all games that were, I think they're they're quality games. They're entertaining games. There's just nothing about them that really gets me excited. And I think that's maybe just me being an ugly American and just like not not getting excited about soccer. Whatever reason, it's well, in our I DNA. Mean, you it's probably are more about excited it. about soccer than the football game. Oh, God, right? yes. Yeah. All so. day fucking long. Um, I am going to put these, uh, these, these are all going right below International Track and Field 2000 and right above All-Star Baseball. So that's uh, mm-hmm. 49, 50, 51. Okay. Uh, which, oh, yeah. so, and yeah, I'm going, no, uh, that's fine. I'm saying 64 is the top, 2000 is the next, and 98 is the worst of the three. Sure. But they're all basically They're equal. all identical. Um, yeah, it's just that slight <laughs> decline in the graphical quality in the second one, put it under a little bit. But yeah, the, totally fine, totally serviceable. If you're really into soccer, I think there's going to be a lot to like here. And it uh, there's nothing about it that's like glaringly, glaringly wrong. It's just these aren't games I'm going to think about ever again after today. Yeah, well, and there's actually a surprisingly lot amount of soccer games for the N64. Yeah, so we don't even know if these are the definitive soccer games. We're going to have three yet. episodes on it, so yeah, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to FIFA, and then we'll get to um, 
Mia Ham Soccer, which oh, is the well, only female-led sports game on the system. So that'll be interesting to talk about. There's not a lot of female-led sports games on any system. On any system, yeah. So it's crazy because I think at E3, two or three years ago, EA made this big deal. It's like, we have female soccer players now. And it's like, wait, it took you until 2016 to put female soccer teams on your game? Kind of ridiculous, right? And again, to bring it back to wrestling, this was the first year that they had, like, female wrestlers on, like, the main card at WrestleMania this year. And that's largely because they've got Ronda Rousey as uh, assigned to WWE right now. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's weirdly taking a long time for, like, to, to uh, uh, integrate some of these sports that, I don't know, it's ridiculous to me. Anyway, move on. All right. Um... I'm going to put this slightly higher than you, uh, mm. number 40. Uh, I like these games more than the hockey games. I feel like they scratched a very similar itch. Mm. Um, but mm. I think that they function well as like deep strategic games if that's what you want to get into. Again, it would, it would be weird to go back and sort of play them in that way because I'm sure modern games are much better. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I'm, so that's right under Hybrid Heaven, which I'm putting them under Hybrid Heaven because Jeremy is here. And I'm okay. a big fan of that. And right over Mega Man 64, um, which... I don't know. It's maybe a little unfair, but Mega Man, I kind of a little boring. Yeah, that's fair. Now Jeremy has. Oh, I'm putting it in this. I mean, I'm just going to put it one, two, three. Yeah. Because I agree that the third one is a little better, but like I feel like the price difference is is the real thing that matters. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so Jeremy's list so far is Hybrid Heaven, Bomberman 64, then Bomberman 64 2. No, that's the other way oh, around. other way around. Yeah, Bomberman yeah, was, 64 2 was yeah, slightly better for you. For me. And then uh, Bomberman 64. Where are these fitting in, in that little pantheon? Um, well, I enjoyed them more than I thought I would. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'd still rather go play actual soccer than play these games. Okay, sure. Uh, so they're going to be at the bottom of my list. Um, oh, okay. They're going to be in the same order as Steve. Uh, the first one at the top, uh, second one at the bottom. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I I agree with your price thing, but I'm a collector, so I know that sometimes you just randomly pay more money. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Sometimes I don't know. It's just kind of like there's the the bragging rights, but then like it's a real weird thing to literally brag about. the only no one cares. The only people who could possibly care are in this room right yeah. now. So and we don't. So. We do not. Uh, all right, well, we have a couple of letters to Yay! read this week. Letters. Do you think the people who write letters get pissed when we read their letters, like, on the sports show? Because oh, they I have wonder. to, like, suffer through the whole episode. No. To... No. I don't know. I've, I've, I hope people are still listening to the sports episodes, even though, like, they I don't feel care. like because, they have like, merit. Because we don't care about them either, I so, mean, you know. So you gotta one, suffer with us. The one letter I wrote you guys was about a sports episode. That's so. true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We learned about baseball. Uh, so this all comes from Chuck. Uh, I have considered writing in for quite a while. Big fan of the Good podcast. Job. Thank job, you, Chuck. Way to take that first step. Uh, have listened to every episode at this point, and I will say the N64 is hands down my favorite video game system of all time. What about the Atari Lynx? What about well, the Atari wrong, Lynx? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh... I'm especially excited for your episode on Paperboy, an admittedly terrible game that was for some reason one of my favorite N64 mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. And I have stories about that because that's one I had when I was younger. My brother <laughs> bought it, and it's one of the worst things I've ever played. Okay, great. Uh, so I recall begging my mother to drive me to Hollywood Video to rent the game again <laughs> after our local blockbuster had sold or disposed of their only copy. 
I've been replaying a number of N64 video games in the spirit of the podcast, and I will say that Mario Golf and Rayman 2 The Great Escape could both sneak into the top 20 of y'all's rankings. Rayman 2 is awesome. Yes. Is I, it? I haven't it played it. It is really good. I'm excited to get to it. I played it like a month ago, mm-hmm. except for the PlayStation, yeah. but it is a great game. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So. I'm excited. I've played... He, he is I played right. More... That, could, that game could sneak into the top 10. Nice. Yeah, oh, man. very good. Oh, I'm really excited yeah. now. I've played Mario Golf before, and that's another one. It's like, this is... I like this, yeah. but I'm not excited about this. It ta- I don't know what it would take to get me real excited about a golf game, but Mario, Mario Golf, golf was, doesn't quite get there. Mario it's probably golf the closest. probably my favorite sports uh-huh. game for the console. Oh, wow. Okay. There's what? One, there's one, like, it's... Uh, no, I'm not going to go on that. Um, I, it might be just because my dad played golf games with me as a kid because it's the only games he'd play with me. And so I okay. have right. fond family members. I get, I get that. That's fair. Uh, so two P- questions. Paternal bonding definitely... Yeah. <laughs> proceeds fun games go ahead sorry that's okay that's okay two questions on multiple occasions use the term isometric to refer to the presentation of a game we could delve into the matrix algebra of what this means no but i'm sure you all explain this in an episode my understanding is that we are essentially referring to an overhead view that is at an off angle so not 90 degrees to provide a 3d like view could you clarify what the term means when you use it i think that's about it's a good description it's a good description of it i think of uh I can really only kind of describe it in descriptions of games. Like, I think of the game Solstice for the yeah. N64. Or, or an Equinox, or, yeah. Or even Diablo. Or Diablo is a good mm-hmm. example. Yeah, yeah, things like that. StarCraft is kind of an isometric plane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've yeah. just been playing through Hotline Miami, which is which is really cool. But it's yeah. totally That's top, top down. It's totally top down. And yeah. so you don't see that many, like, just straight up top down games. Not like anymore. Things. I've been playing a game called Ape Out on oh, my Switch. That it is sweet. wonderful. It's so great. You just crush people to death as an All ape. All jazzy too. Really, yeah. really want to play that. Uh, and uh, so the second question is, what is your opinion of the EverDrive 64 given the skyrocketing prices of some N64 games and the fact that the originals can no longer be pur- purchased from the publishers? Thanks from Chuck. So Will he, would, Ever, do we know what this is? EverDrive 64 is like an emulator. Okay. It's like kind of like a, a, a knockoff emulator. We've talked about emulators in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm f- like, honestly, if that's how people prefer to play it, that's 100% fine. I, yeah. I, I only don't because I'm not very technically astute and I don't have a very powerful computer. And mm-hmm. so, and I just prefer kind of having stuff. I like being yeah. a pack rat about stuff. I, I prefer someone use an emulator like an EverDrive than having like a reproduction cartridge made. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I that is that. a sort of thing that I think is going in a weird direction is a lot of people making reproduction cartridges and I don't think there's anything wrong with reproduction cartridges, but, but I know clear that, they're fake. that it's it's going to get into the thing. There's so many, you know, fake Pokemon games going around. Oh, sure. Pokemon games yeah. and it's it's a sad thing to think of like, so, you know, spending $300 for your sculptor's cut and having it turned out to be a repro. If you're listening yeah. and you make reproduction cartridges, make it very clear that it is a reproduction. Definitely. Well, I'm not even worried about that. I feel like most people who make them will do that. I'm just afraid that they're going to sort of slip into the... Or yeah. they'll be like homebrews of like, yeah. I don't know, there's a lot of like weird uh, uh, like hentai Mario games out there because people are making these and putting them into like homebrew cartridges Yeah, I mean, like sometimes that, so. the, the, the work to get sort of emulation set up and convenient and to work well for you can be a lot of work. It yeah. can be, often be cheaper to, you know, spend $5 to just buy the cart. It's true. Um, but, and, you know, I... I don't think that there should be the amount of value in these games that there are. Um, yeah. I do think it's kind of a silly market, and this comes from someone who owns, you know, about a thousand video games. It's like comic books. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, we're, we're there. It's just ner- it's we... nerds looking for status. Sure. Um, again, coming from someone who owns lots of video games. Yes, yes. Um, so I think I, Jeremy has most status in this room yeah, at the moment. Based on that, yes. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
2086 right now. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I don't. I haven't bothered counting mine, no. but I don't think I'm near there yet. Mine's all in boxes. Yeah, I've got to have mine in the spreadsheet for insurance yeah. purposes. Oh, and, yeah, and yours is extremely like orderly. Yeah, you you, you have organized like, it very well. Yeah, you it's like win beautifully the organized. Well, thank you, Chuck, for that letter. We've got yeah, another the point one here. Is, feel free. To, you have my permission oh, to emulate games. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Play games any way that you can. Yeah, the important thing, like this was something cool. So I was just in Spokane this weekend. I went to a game store and I was looking for something that they didn't have. And the guy, the clerk there, uh, he was going to look it up for me. And so I stopped him. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I, I don't live in this town. I'm just visiting through. And he's like, it's like, no, no, no. I just want to make sure it's available for you somewhere. I want to make sure it's still out there. I don't care that you buy from me. I just want you to game. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's rad. I like that attitude. So yeah, I take that attitude with you i don't care where you get it i don't care what how you play it just uh, uh get out there and play people it's awesome uh so this next letter comes from jordan collins from nashville tennessee uh you guys asked for stories on mario party uh when mario party 2 came out i was nine years old and i got it when i was 10 or 11 uh mario party is the game i blame for starting to curse yeah <laughs> this game had so much bullshit in it i would always get so mad and curse at the game so much <laughs> The CPU players would always get the random stars. Then you would have one computer player that won a bunch of mini games, and after they won, they would do that little victory pose, and I would get so <laughs> mad. So overall, when I was ten or eleven, I enjoyed the game, but definitely led to some anger problems during yep. my preteen years. Uh, that's a common experience, I think. Um, it's yeah, a, it's an impossible way not to respond with cursing when they award the random star. To someone for no reason, and that takes your first place. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cursing is the only way to respond. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think Mario Party and Mario Kart are the games that make me swear the most and the worst. Like, you won't hear the word cunt out of my mouth until I'm playing Mario Kart. So I apologize in advance for saying that. Or, uh, Wait, no, you apologize after the fact. Oh, no, I'm proud of that when I said oh, this there for okay. context. But no, I'm going to be ashamed later. Got no, it. I'm not proud of that. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, last letter here comes from Tim. Well, three letters. Three letters. Gracious, I love boys. it when you guys write in so much. Uh, so uh, you, Tim says, you discussed how Mario games... You disgust me! We did. <laughs> yeah, you disgusting pigs. You discussed how Mario games, specifically Mario Party 2 and Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, look like plays. Oh, yeah. Other games of the franchise are like this. Super Mario 3 begins with a curtain opening and has mm-hmm. platforms that look like they are bolted to a wall or suspended from the ceiling. Oh, I've never noticed that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And you can go behind the sets. Remember, like, certain That's places right. you can crouch and you can go behind the sets. Dude, was, remember in the movie The Wizard... Mm-hmm. Where like they the premise of the movie is that he's playing Super Mario Brothers three for the first time and they're all watching and they're like get the warp whistle and you're like how do they know where the warp whistle this is? This is the world premiere the of this game. This movie they is where the they're game. debuting the game. What? No, like the, the kids. people, the kids, oh, and the kids audience. Yeah, they're like telling their. It's he. He was like a magical autistic boy. So what I'm saying like, is, yeah. the wizard is not a great movie. It's oh, really it's not. not. It's, no. it's like Fred Savage's worst movie. But it's coming up on a 30th yeah. anniversary. Paragon of quality, Fred Savage. Hey, Fred Savage is amazing. Hey, he's great. He's great. I Watch like Fred the Savage. Wonder Years. Yeah. I, Wonder Years is fantastic. And this movie's about to turn 30. We might need to do a bonus episode where we watch. I had the to wizard. watch the wizard two years ago. I mean, I chose to watch chose the wizard to watch two wizard years two ago. ago. Hey, Jenny Lewis is in that. She turned out all right. She did. That's true. Um, so anyway, uh, so uh, Super Mario. Like when people ask me who Jenny Lewis is, uh-huh. I like to refer that she was a famous actress in the movie The Wizard, or and not an amazing <laughs> alternate country star, or Troop Beverly Hills. She was the actress in Troop Beverly Hills. She had a cameo in Pleasantville. I know a lot about Jenny. I'm a big fan of Jenny Lewis. She's great. Was a great movie, though. Oh yeah, no, Pleasantville's great. 
Okay, so continuing from Tim. Super Mario 64 contains a camera operator who follows Mario around. Since the early days of the NES, Mario played bit parts in other games. He was the umpire in tennis, he was the referee in Punch-Out, the golfer in golf, and even the titular Dr. Mario. This leads to one of the great internet theories. I would hardly consider... Dr. Mario being a bit part oh, in yeah. that game. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the pills are taking the, 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 the evil viruses there. are the Dr. Stars. Mario himself doesn't do much. He's just like a That's graphic true. in the middle. Anyway, uh, this leads to one of the great internet theories. Mario and his friends are Nintendo's in-house acting troupe. They can Ooh. be sports stars, artists, dancers, or go-carters, mm-hmm. whatever the script calls for. Do you personally have any pet theories on certain games? I'd love to hear them. Keep on gaming in the free world from Tim. Thank you for writing that, Tim. Do you guys have any theories? Whoa. I feel like that's a big question that to spring question. on us. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have warned you ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but I do really like that theory. I like about, that theory a lot. Um, the, a- the acting troupe. I mean, we talked about it a little bit in the Mario Party episode. Yeah. Um, I th- and I think we so. came down during the Dr. Mario episode that uh, that's it's it's an honorary doctorate and that he's an imposter. At least that's where well, I'm Well, and that would totally make it. sense. I mean, that to- totally fit the theory, right? Of he's yeah. just playing a doctor. He, does, he plays a doctor in real life. Or right, yeah. He doesn't play one in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if you like pay attention to Smash Brothers, he's a different person. Yeah. And uh, or well, and the Smash Brothers are all toys, right? Yeah. Is that still canon, or is that just in the first game where they're all um, toys? I don't remember. I beat the the one player mode of the newest one, but mm-hmm. don't yeah, remember I don't, what happened. I don't remember. I don't think they address that anymore. I, I think that's kind of. But I mean, I don't know if that's still the overarching thing that we need to think about. Like, is it like a Lego Movie kind of thing? I don't know. Uh, let's can we pocket this question a little bit and We're maybe gonna pocket come, a little come bit back to it we'll like a racing game or something like that when we need to fill some time. Absolutely, yeah. This, and, this is and, an interesting thing. I and I, I want to dig more into it, and I also want to hear what people out there think. I mean, if you y'all have any theories, uh, I would like to hear it. So write in ultra sixty four podcast at gmail dot com. Sixty four related theories. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're open to any theories. Any theories, really? Yeah, we're always looking for stuff to talk about. Anyway, that is the episode for this week. Uh, thank you so much to Jeremy for coming in and joining us. We really appreciate it. Always yeah, nice to have you me. here. Um, next week, uh, we are getting something that I can get excited about. Uh, a double dose of games uh, that should take you back to that little period after school, but before dinner. We are playing Wheel of Fortune and <laughs> Jeopardy. Back to back doubleheader of great game shows, uh, and I'm so excited to talk about that. I am a genuine Jeopardy fanatic. I love Jeopardy so much. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, I am ambivalent about, but we'll talk about that either way. Uh, so until next time, go away. Oh yeah, we've been waiting for this all year. We all out. We right here. Jump as all out.